HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear vision. They're too bad for radio and too good looking for television. And now, here they are. America's last best hope to make the internet safe for absolutely no one. Two people who will do pretty much anything for a pizza. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Happy WrestleMania Day, Mike. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's like Christmas and your birthday and Hanukkah and <laughs> we, everything. We've had so many holidays. We had St. Patrick's Day, your personal favorite My day personal of the year, favorite, your ho- yeah. holiday for your people. And we had Easter. We have Passover. Passover. And now, WrestleMania Day. WrestleMania. That's my fake echo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm just thrilled. And it's been the best WrestleMania week ever. Your this... picture was in the paper, Mike. <laughs> Your picture. Well, according to the Daily News, I do run the most exclusive party in New York City. And that, that's my WrestleMania party tonight. Um, I didn't get your application, Judy. Yeah. Um, Mad Men's on. I'm going to be home eating nachos watching Mad Men. And I was looking forward to grading your essay, too. Yeah. <laughs> CM people... Punk is cute. I love The Rock. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, two people who will be at my uh, fete this evening... Um, two uh, scholarly wrestling fans and all-around awesome people. Our old friend uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg, who um, co-authored with Ric Flair, the New York Times best-selling book, To Be the Man, as well as several others. And uh, you're an alumnus of the WWF Corporation. Such well, as I, it is. I wrote for their magazine for 22 years. Okay. Wow. And uh, we want to talk about that. And, of course, our friend Mark Johnson. 
Hello. Hello, Maura. The proprietor of Maura Magazine at the very vanguard of publishing. No, thank you. And I'm so thrilled that um, this week my story about The Undertaker is... Uh, the cover story. It's wonderful. It's it's a, it's an amazing look at the big match between tonight, The Undertaker and CM Punk, and it goes into very painstaking detail about <laughs> all of the run-up to the match and The Undertaker's whole thing, and it was a joy to edit, and it was a joy to publish. Oh, so. you're too kind. Well, how, true. how can it's people true. find it if they want to read it? Well, if they'd like to read it, they can go to mora.com slash app, A-P-P, and they can download the new issue of Mora Magazine on their iOS device at the iTunes store, and coming later this month... A version for people who might not have iPhones or iPads because we want to be as inclusive as possible. They're 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 out there. <laughs> so and they have money that they can give us to publish. So well, I think, I think it's a great Yay. publishing plan. Thank you. Um, a more magazine. It's weekly. It's there weekly. are uh, like four or five feature stories. Yes. It's very. Um, it's a very wide range of, of culture topics. Yes. Um, we publish stories on wrestling. We publish how to cook with various alcoholic products. <laughs> we, um, I loved the uh, retrospective, uh, the remembrance of the Nassau Coliseum. Yes, where I was last night watching <laughs> the Islanders, actually. Um, yeah, that was great. That was by Michelle Catalano, who has a deep-seated uh, relationship with that lovely, if crumbling, venue out in Uniondale, New York. Yeah, it's about its days are over. I think. The, I think so. The, uh, Aren't they moving yeah. to Brooklyn? The Islanders <laughs> moving to Brooklyn in 2015, oh. which made me so sad last night because the people were so into the game and like yelling, and there was a sing along about the Rangers being crappy, even though they're tied with the Islanders in the playoff race, and it just made me really sad that Long Island is, is losing this part of its no. history. Everything's moving to Brooklyn except <sighs> for me. Except for me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're the last ones, Mara. What so, what do we think tonight's big match? The Undertaker defending his streak, 20 and 0 at WrestleMania. The Dead Man. That's his gimmick, uh, Judy. Give a little backstory here. The, the Undertaker <laughs> is a zombie. He's the uh-huh. Walking Dead. That sounds scary. <laughs> He's like a reanimated corpse. Ooh. And he'll be taking on your uh, heartthrob, CM Punk. You know, I could almost watch wrestling because of that CM Punk's pretty little face. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he'll win, Keith? Um. Well, I don't. They. They. The Undertaker's manager, Paul Bearer, actually died in real life recently. Oh. And they did a, they did a gimmick where uh, CM Punk stole Paul Bearer's ashes and poured them on The Undertaker. So Ooh. it seems to be setting up The Undertaker triumphing uh, <laughs> you know, for the memory of his late manager. Okay. And this is where... Art and reality kind of blend together. And what I've been told was when they were coming up with this angle where they were going to dump the ashes, they actually had Paul Bearer's sons backstage at one point. Oh, my God. In, uh, approving what was going on, saying, okay, my father was an entertainer, and Paul Bearer was one of my friends. Okay. And the sons were like, I'm fine with that. And knowing Paul Bearer, it would thrill him to no end to know okay. that even in death, He's still working the public. <laughs> well, that's something we talked about um, in, in the story in Mora Magazine. Also, uh, that when you bring real-life death into a wrestling angle, you know, it's weird. I mean, obviously, wrestling is a put-on, but there is a part where it gets a little bit blurry. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's crazy to actually have to call a family and say, hey, you know, we're going to be um, scattering your dead father's ashes on someone's head this week on TV. Yeah. And well, like, pretend ashes. And they were like... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we just, everyone just gave a we, look. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we, we talking about McGuire. <laughs> 
Well, I'm it's, sorry. it's it's nice. I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm sure they're his real ashes. Well, you know that's what we talk about. You know, in, in the story too about about the Undertaker is when people still say, you know, it's fake, right? I'm saying, well, you know, the Undertaker is the biggest star right now, and he's a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and then people say to me, yeah, but it's fake, right? No, he's <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it's fake, but the death of Paul Bearer is real. It's real. Yes. yes. And that what's also interesting is when they had Paul Bearer's real life sons in the back, they had Undertaker and Kane in the back, who are supposed to be brothers or half brothers, and Kane is supposed to be, according to the storyline, Paul Bearer's illegitimate son. Mm-hmm. And they were also consulting with the creative team about Okay, this is cool. This is stepping over the line. So even though really Kane isn't Paul Bearer's son in real life, he kind of is because you're on the road 320 some odd days a year. Wow. You know, Paul Bearer kind of becomes your father. Like I remember the Dudley brothers. The gimmick was it was a white guy and a black guy, and they were right. supposed to be brothers. Right, because their parents were hippies, and then mom slept around a little bit. Uh, yeah, their father was named <laughs> Big Dick Dudley. That was how the story went. It started in ECW. They were the product of Woodstock Nation, these two. But when I talked to Mark LaMonaco, the real-life Bubba Ray Dudley, and he talks about Devon Dudley, he talks about him as his brother. And he goes, my brother was really pissed off about that. So... You know, over the years, he became his brother, like just like Joey Ramone and Johnny Ramone were brothers who hated each other. Well, you know what I always say? Reality is for people who can't handle professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so you're liking The Undertaker tonight. I'll tell you what, I'm liking Punk tonight. I'm liking Punk. I think this, The Undertaker's got to be his last match. It's got to be, if, if not, his last big WrestleMania turn. He's not looking great. He's old. He's been at it. He deserves all um, the accolades he's gotten. He's you know, the greatest gimmick of all time, a great worker. He's been involved in some of the greatest matches of all time, the Hell in the Cell matches, the Coffin matches, all those wonderful gimmick matches, you know, and all the shtick with the urn and the funeral director. And the fire. And the, fi- the fire matches. I mean, it was crazy shit, right? What it do was you crazy mean fire stuff. matches? Was there fire well, the in the ring? The ring was surrounded by fire. They actually lit up uh, the, the, what would be the ropes. They placed a flammable material there and lit it up, and it was him and Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His horribly disfigured brother who uh, <laughs> wears a mask. No, it's out of sight. So I think, you know, it's a longstanding tradition of going out on your back, as we say. And it's like sort of putting Punk over. Not that he needs the push, but it's a great thing. It puts Punk in the record books. It legitimizes him. Because, I mean, CM Punk really should be working the main event tonight. I think it's very sad that the main event is Rock and John Cena. You know how I feel about John Cena. He's just this year's version of Hulk Hogan, you know. Uh, a progeny of Bob Backlund, who we're going to talk about. We saw Bob Backlund lose his mind in front of 18,000 people last night at Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, Maury, he's fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. Like, legit nuts. <laughs> you know? um, what, what about The Rock? Like, he left wrestling for a while, right? And he couldn't use his name, The Rock. Isn't that correct? Uh, or am I, don't, I, wrong? I don't think so. I think he may have at some point decided to go back to his birth name of Dwayne Johnson. I'm not sure that he was precluded from using his name. He has enough money that he could buy the name if he wants to use it. Right. Well, I I think um, the World Wrestling Entertainment, they have a stake in these movies too, right? I mean... Uh, I'm not sure anymore. That's what they started anyway, but I mean, Vince McMahon is behind the big cheese on the top rope, as I like to say. I mean, they know what they're doing, and they're marketing this product, The Rock, that they created. I mean, obviously, Dwayne Johnson's very charismatic uh, you know, guy with a large fan base, and it makes sense for everybody. It's good for everybody's business, and I mean, that's why he's back. Um, why because are those two fighting? Vince McMahon and The Rock? No, my two boyfriends, The Rock and CM Punk. 
your two boyfriends. They did. They they, they did fought. Fight? Was it the Royal Rumble? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. They fought the Royal Rumble and, who won? and the Rock. Where, where were you, the That was the setup to WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't. That, that, that's she was right. getting. She was waiting outside for Punk, the GI Joe movie. Punk lost. <laughs> that's right. Punk lost the title to The Rock, which set up The Rock to come back and have a title, so the main event could be a title match. With I mean, John this C. is the kind of premeditated put on that I don't like in wrestling because it's obviously this big work just to prop up The Rock because he's a big star. GI Joe's a big movie right now, and you know that other thing that he's in, and they're gonna put him in the main event for all the little kids, you know, who love love this stuff. And John Cena, who's very popular with kids, although I think a little bit. People who are a little bit older, the wrestling fans are getting very fed up with them. I mean, he got booed last night at Madison Square Garden, but he always does. Was on the jumbotron. He always gets booed in Madison Square Garden. He always gets booed in Philadelphia. He always gets booed on Long Island. He always gets booed in New Jersey, and uh, he always gets booed in Detroit. And so did Hulk Hogan. All places uh, where people of class and distinction live. It's true. It is true. It is true. We say Detroit, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, and Long Island. And Long Island, of course, (laughs) (laughs) the the seat of wrestling culture. Um, so who do you like uh, Cena and the Rock Your daughter's here today Can you say hi Summer Hold on Here's my daughter Say hello Hello We know you have a big stake tonight In the Rock versus John Cena Who do you think's going to win John Cena Really <gasps> uh, You felt a little bad About saying that on the radio Explain why um, I'm afraid that the Rock Is going to feel bad oh. So if the Rock is listening now What do you want him to do Oh, he's listening. Don't worry. He has my love to keep him warm. (laughs) (laughs) You're afraid The Rock is listening. And a big pile of money. And also, there was another person, a relative of The Rock, that you felt bad about offending, right? Yeah, his mom. Because the other night... And his um, his daughter. Yeah, because the other night, who were you talking to? His mom and daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, The Rock is wrestling royalty, right? I mean, you can explain The Rock's family tree. Yeah, The Rock is a third-generation wrestler. His grandfather, his Samoan grandfather, was the uh, late high chief Peter Maivia, who was was really considered a hero in the Samoan community in San Francisco and later was the promoter in Hawaii and um, was uh, perhaps the most legitimate tough guy of his time. At one point, he got into a fight with uh, Billy Robinson, an English wrestler who was considered a shooter, meaning a guy who could fight for real and wrestle for real. And High Chief Peter Maivia, I believe, poked his eye out with his pinky. So uh, High Chief Peter Maivia was a... Re- and, and the other boys, from what I understand, were, um, were, were happy about that because Billy Robinson, from what wrestlers of that era have told me was a bully. And then uh, The Rock's father, his African-American father, was Rocky Johnson. So Peter Maivia's daughter married uh, Rocky Johnson, and they produced The Rock. And I first met The Rock when he was about 14 years old. Tell you what, why don't we take a break? Because you didn't let me play a song last week on our music special... Oh, Mike, I thought, uh, I'm really sorry we ran out of time. So here's uh, the Edison Rocket Train with our friend uh, Handsome Dick Manitoba, and here's something called I Like to Hurt People. (laughs) It's the Mike and Judy Show. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to take the challenge? The challenge, these guys are going to kick your ass. Come on down, baby. Bring it. Are you really ready to take the challenge? I give you the locomotive of hurt, the fire bandit king of New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, Rocket train, let the pain begin! It's a natural fact that I love you with that. 
go to my Next time I'll let you play a song. <laughs> Learned your lesson. You're back here on the Mike and Judy show, our WrestleMania special. And um, I like to hurt people. Actually, that was the theme song. That was our version of the theme song from the movie. I like to hurt people about the original Sheik from Detroit, the most dangerous man who ever entered the ring. This is a guy who Ed could. Farhad was his real name. That's right. Who, a man who could metabolize fire. That's right. He could create a fireball at his fingertips, and he would use this to blind his opponents. Which was a gimmick that uh, different wrestlers did in a variety of territories, including Jerry the King Lawler. Right. Throwing fire was a great gimmick, and I, you know, I, miss, I miss these great gimmicks. I haven't seen anybody throw salt in anybody's eyes in a long time, right? I mean, there's the age how, of the foreign object. How is object. that legal, though? I mean, what's... Legal? <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> silly, silly Judy. <laughs> well, um, these are outlaws. Uh, I was reading a story about Ric Flair going to uh, North Korea, which um, I, by the way, I forwarded this to our friend Michael Malice, who has uh, reached his Kickstarter goal, and I'm very much looking forward to his book about Kim Jong-il. But uh, Ric Flair went to uh, North Korea um, on some wrestling exhibition thing, and he was sitting next to some North Korean muckety-muck who kept asking him, I do not understand. Why is the other man not fighting back? This wrestler (laughs) is picking up the other man, and the other man seems to be letting him do it. You know, they didn't understand the code of the sport. I mean, the signs and the signifiers and the sort of rules of physics that operate the wrestling world that really have no relationship to, uh, you know, uh, Newtonian or Einsteinian physics as we understand them. And Ric Flair, in protecting the business, just said, believe me, when you see me in the ring, that's not going to (laughs) happen. So, uh, speaking of Sheiks this week, this great WrestleMania week, we're hanging out with our old buddy, the Iron Sheik. Right, we were hanging out with him. He did a comedy show, a Caroline's Comedy yeah, Club. you call it a comedy show. Well, was it was... hilarious? It, it was hilarious in, um... <laughs> in a non-hilarious way? <laughs> well, no, I mean, he draws a certain audience that seems to uh, get very excited every time he says the word fuck. <laughs> okay, 500 men, no women, all wearing black t-shirts. <laughs> Maura, where the hell were you? I don't know. Why was I not there? I could have. It could have been a. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot me. of those guys were from Long Island, also. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, That's that was a bit Island. of travesty at Caroline's. You know, comedy being the last refuge of a 
a wrestler Piper told me too when I interviewed him that oh you know I'm going to be you know do stand up and stuff and I guess it never it's really materialized. Well, you know though the Iron Sheik has been on Howard Stern's show, and he has been touring and going to comedy shows and coming out and screaming for the last few years. So again, there's an element that likes that, just like there's an element that likes watching Gigi Allen's brother. <laughs> <laughs> ah, pizza's here. It's a real WrestleMania party now. Woo, Mara! So, so how, what got? How did you get into wrestling? You're a nice music writer, lady. <laughs> um, you know, it was weird. I mean, I grew up in the in the sort of heyday of the rock and wrestling connection with Lou Albano and Cindy Lauper and all that. Um, and then my sister was into it when I was younger. My sister's three years younger than me. Um, and then I just have these friends. Um, my my good friend John Solomon, who might be out there listening. Oh no, um, he is. Uh, thank you. He is. Uh, we used to watch just pay per views together. He would, you know, he would have people over, and then he would recap them on the internet. This was back in two thousand one, so this was early TV recapping days. And I don't know. I just oh, I just enjoy it a lot. It's just a lot. It's just fun to watch. The storylines are really great. I saw actually on Tumblr today somebody was like. And this is, I know that I'm opening a can of worms, especially in Brooklyn. But somebody was like, wrestling and girls aren't very dissimilar. They're both storylines about people. But I think that girl, I think that wrestling is more fun to watch. And I was like, you are opening the porthole to every trolling person on the internet. But it's kind of amazing. And well, thank you for saying that wrestling up, is better. They're, yeah. they're, they're also reinforcing a stereotype about wrestling fans being guys who prefer wrestling to being with women. Oh, I don't think that. I don't think that's what he was trying to. Those girls, the show, not no, the girls, gender. the show. Sorry, girls, the show. <laughs> the girls, the show. Oh, yeah, I meant the TV show. That's why I said. That's why I was talking about opening <laughs> I like the Brooklyn girls. wormhole. I know I'm in the minority, so. but I really do like that show. I have yet to even seen one episode. I have to. I have to when say. I watched it, it just was like being at a party with a lot of people who I wanted who I didn't want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I don't know. Just something that puts me off with it. It just seems. The, not the women in the show personally, but the whole concept and the lifestyle and what I've read about the show just seems it's going to really make me angry. Mm-hmm. It's all very familiar to me. I live in Williamsburg. These people are my neighbors. I, I can't say why I enjoy I mean, because they're old school neighbors at this point. Now everyone's got like kids and it's strollers that cost $1,000. So it's exciting to see a chunky girl in a bad romper. Kind of <laughs> retro. Kind of 2005. <laughs> But WrestleMania. But WrestleMania is something else. <laughs> so who else is on the card tonight? We've talked a little about Cena and The Rock, which frankly I, I don't give a flying fuck about. I don't think anybody over the age of 13 could. Sorry, Summer. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Punk and The Undertaker, which really is the main event tonight. I think that's what everybody is waiting to see. That's the one that everyone's going to be talking about in school tomorrow. Um, and uh, we have Chris uh, Jericho tonight. Yes. Who's one of all of our favorites? Your personal yes, favorite, right? My Mark? personal favorite. Explain like, why is your personal I just, favorite? I just find his energy. I just, I just love his charisma. I love his whole shtick of just, you know, he he's a very good mic worker. He he can wrestle, and he's just I don't know. There's uh, there are a lot of things that I just find very appealing about him. I follow him on Twitter, and I think his Twitter is very entertaining. He's, he's kind of like just, the grown up version of John Bon Jovi. <laughs> And no, he, I was never a Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> and let's, you know, let's he, be real. he grew up. He told me uh, he was a fan of Striper because he was a born again Christian. Wow! Yeah, Jericho was born again. Um, he, I, a few years ago, when I spoke to him, he's he was, got his own rock and roll band too. Yeah, Fozzie, Fozzie, yeah. which is a combination. <laughs> of, more uh, jumped over that. Yeah, Fozzie. Where's when are we gonna see Fozzie and Mora? I don't know. Maybe soon. It, it might be. It might be an upcoming piece in Mora magazine. You know? <laughs> well, Jericho's last. I don't. Know, I guess it wasn't. His, was it his last WrestleMania turn though? When he was being the legend killer and he had beaten up Piper in Piper's pit. He had bitten up Jimmy uh, Snuka. Came in Steamboat Flair. and when he beat up Flair, that was the best, right? I, when I, I mean, I, even I was hating. 
reading them. I mean, it was such a great, such great work. He took Flair's shoes off, right? He's like, you know, $9,000, you know, Italian alligator skin loafers. Yeah. Those are the shoes that cost more than your house, Greenberg. Right. <laughs> and he threw them into the audience. It was such a schoolyard bully shit, right? And then he took his watch. That was the best. He took off <laughs> the watch that Rolex. Shawn Michaels gave him. Or he, him and I believe it was Flair gave Shawn Michaels matching watches after uh, he lost the retirement match to Shawn Michaels. So it was a very meaningful gift. But um, Chris Jericho is wrestling a newcomer named Fandango. And my daughter, what, what do you have to explain the, the f- Fandango to everybody? What Come is on, Fandango? Summer. What is Fandango? First of all, can say it right. Well, here, go ahead, Summer. Tell me that Fandango. Fandango. Okay, you, you, you lost your tongue? No. <laughs> well, what? apparently what, Jericho you is say? gone. What did you want to say? Nothing? Okay. He's gone from <laughs> wrestling world champions to, uh, what's this guy, like a, a, a tango dancer? What is he, what's his gimmick? Yeah, his gimmick he's is... a ballroom he, dancer? He's like a tango dancer, <laughs> and he insists that... Go ahead, you have to say something? Say it. Um, he has a girl dancer in the ring, and he dances before he wrestles every time. But And what does he insist? That if you say his name wrong, then he refuses to wrestle. Right. And how do you say his name right? What's the right way to say it? Fandango. You sure that's the right way to say it? Yeah. Fandango. <laughs> I, I don't think he'd appreciate your little new... Thank God you uh, you inherited some of my Queen's accent. <laughs> well, I don't know about this gimmick. I mean, like a ballroom dancer? You know, I mean, I, I guess I just I was just bemoaning the lack of silly gimmicks, but a ballroom dancer is about as... That's pretty as, silly. about as silly as it gets, and he, and, he, and he won't perform unless you say his name properly. With the well, big, that is funny. Yeah. That is funny. That part is funny, and yeah. it is amusing, and every week when he comes on, I find myself engaged as opposed <laughs> to, you know, drifting away. It's like, oh, what's going to happen now? What does he wear? Does he wear a ballroom dance outfit? No, he cut, wears, really like, I away? think it's like, what, gold lame <laughs> tights? Yeah. Tights? Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. In a non-heterosexual sort of way, I, I suppose. And, and I'm told he was um, it, it, on Next, which is their show featuring the rookies, and I'm told he's one of the better workers. Yeah, that's that's what I, I've read as well, that um, he's getting the push because he's such a good wrestler. Although we haven't really seen him wrestle very much because no one will say his name correctly and he has to leave every week. <laughs> oh, but he really does May- that? Yes. yes. <laughs> but WrestleMania is a good place to introduce him as a wrestler yeah. to the public because WrestleMania is going to draw people who might not be watching wrestling regularly. And especially a guy like Jericho, who's popular, who's a champion, can, can really put him over. I mean, this guy's legitimized just by being in the ring with a guy... Like Chris Jericho. Now, speaking of great Latin American wrestlers, a match that I'm very much looking forward to tonight is Alberto Del Rio versus those crypto fascists, um, um, Jack Swagger uh, and, and, and Zach uh, Coulter, and Zach Coulter, aka yeah. Dutch Mantel. Right, Dutch, dirty Dutch Mantel, who was considered one of the great wrestling minds. Yeah, he's a great, one of the great minds of wrestling. And he was the booker, and, and booker meaning he came up with the storylines in a number of territories, including Puerto Rico. So he probably speaks Spanish. 
And the gimmick here is it's uh, sort of like this like neo tea party, um, right? They're doing promos in front of the Gadsden flag, you know, the Don't Tread on Me flag right. in a hunting lodge, talking about they're real Americans and they only want real Americans, you know, to be in this business. And Mexicans and like Alberto Del Rio, um, who's fantastic, and that's that's what a wrestler should look like, Alberto Del Rio. I mean, he's just sort of this like big Adonis-looking, classic-looking. Um, Professional wrestler, I think you'd like him, Judy. You might, yeah? you might, you might forget all about The Rock if you saw. What about CM Punk? Well, I forget about him. Del Rio. I'll probably not CM Punk, but you would <laughs> yeah. like. But you, but you would like Alberto. Yeah, Del yeah, yeah. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's cut and he's buff, and he has his personal ring announcer, of course, which is Ricardo great Rodriguez, right? And and um, Jack Swagger broke Ricardo Rodriguez's leg. So the gimmick here, though, for a change, the flag wavers, the real Americans, are the bad guys. Usually, the flag waving guys are Hulk Hogan, Hacksaw right. Jim Duggan, you know, and these like morons to get the crowd to shout USA, USA. But these guys are just like crypto-fascists, and um, the Mexicans were changed with the good guys. I think it's a brilliant gimmick. Right, and also, you look at the world, we have a biracial president, and you, you look at a wrestling audience, and yeah, there are a lot of people of Hispanic ancestry in that audience with their kids buying merchandise, and they're like, well, we don't want to chase these people away, so let's make the person who's baiting the Mexicans into well, the Well, race heel. is a tricky business in, in uh, wrestling. When's the last time we saw um, a black heel, an African-American bad guy? Uh, I have to think. Right, I'm, I'm sure has, uh, uh, tonight, Biggie Langston. Okay, but it's Big, you know, Biggie Langston. But gener- yeah, but but by and large, though, you know, the black guys tend to put, tend to wrestle baby. I, I think over the last you know recent history, and I think that has a lot to do with the demographic and a little more sensitivity than what we've had in wrestling. You know, previously we're race baiting and homophobia. Frankly, we're always always parts of it. There's always a sissy wrestler who was there to get booed. Right, and now we have um. Fandango. <laughs> Fandango. And look, you know, now there's a WWE board of directors. It's a publicly traded company. Linda McMahon ran for Senate. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, posted a tweet in favor of marriage equality about two weeks ago. So it's a different world. They have been pretty. Don't forget the WWE. Uh, who were the wrestlers that were in the commitment ceremony that they had? The tag team that had a oh, commitment ceremony. Right, that, and, 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 you know, uh, yeah. every progressive political group, you know, Glad and everything, they sort of got behind it and thought yeah, it was wonderful did, for a sport that was used to being, putting up, you know, Gorgeous George and his progeny were to get everybody to shout, you know, sissy, sissy, and look forward to getting the queer guy getting beaten. And they're they were having a commitment ceremony of like two of the most popular wrestlers, mm-hmm. and it was it was a great gimmick, very positive. Yeah. Yeah. All but, right, it's been the fastest half hour, not only on the internet, but the fastest half hour in the history of the Mike and Judy show because Judy, because uh, uh, Mike talks really fast. I don't know <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania, yay! <laughs> Please look for Mora Mora and buy her wonderful magazine and buy Mike's wonderful story. It's only a dollar a pop. It comes every week. It's awesome. Well worth it. And uh, Keith uh, Elliot Greenberg, find you on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yes, you can find me on both. Feel free to friend me on Facebook. I can never have enough Facebook friends. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to uh, WrestleMania next week. Is going to be a very big show too, Judy. Yes, we have the. Uh Blair Koenig from Shut the Fuck Up Parents Woo. is back on from Dir- our highest rated show Dir- ever. And direct from a successful appearance on the Today Show. No, Good Morning America. Good Morning America. Hello. Yes. So she'll be here and it's also uh, my birthday party. Woo! Yeah. All right. For uh, Joe the Engineer, for Keith, Mara, and Summer, it's the Mike and Judy Show here on the Heritage Radio Network. Let's go out with the King of Men, Fred Blassie. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, life was going swell. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. You see, if you take a pencil that won't hold lead, it looks like a pipe cleaner patched to a head. Add a buggy whip body with a brain that leaks. You got yourself a grit-eating pencil-neck geek. Pencil-neck geek, grit-eating freak, scum-sucking head with a lousy physique. He's a one-man, no-cut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil-neck geek. Soon the geeks were popping up all over town. You couldn't hardly sneeze without knocking one down. After a nice juicy steak, if you need a toothpick, just reach for a geek. They'll do the trick. One day we cut one up for fish bait. Learned our lesson just a little bit late. Soon as the geek hit the drink, the water turned red. Next day, sure enough, all the fish were dead. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking peahead with a lousy physique. He's a one man, no good losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. any night you know where I can be found yeah stomping some geeks head into the ground so keep the faith cause in glassy you can trust I won't give up till the last geek bites the dust pencil neck geek pretty freak scum sucking beard with a lousy physique he's a one man no gut losing streak nothing but a pencil neck geek They say these geeks come a dime a dozen. I'm looking for the guy who's applying the dimes. It's gonna be real hard times for all of these gritty, scum-sucking, boot-licking, drop-kicking, gut-grinding, nail-biting, glue-sniffing, scab-picking, butt-scratching, egg-hatching, sleazy, smelly, pepper-belly, dirty, lousy, rotten, stinking freaks. Nothing but a pencil-neck geek. Pencil-neck geek.